Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have an amazing guest. I'm I'm excited about this interview. Um, and his name is uh, Colin Fitzpatrick. He's the CEO of Animal Concerts. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jamil. Great to be here. You're welcome. Uh, so let's kick things off. And I'll ask my first question is, what is your background? And is it a logical background for what you're doing now? Sure. Okay. No worries. Well, um, so I'm actually Irish. I'm from Dublin, uh, but I've been living in Dubai for about the last three years. And my background is in technology. So I've spent about 20 years working for a lot of the big tech companies like uh, Oracle for a really long time, Salesforce, Dell, HubSpot, anyone uh, in, in, in Dublin will know all of them because they're pretty big companies in Ireland. Mainly I've been in roles around business development, sales, marketing, operations. I've got a fairly wide background. But since I discovered crypto in kind of late 2016, early 2017, I've been a, a fanatic and a convert. Always really wanted to work in the space. Um, wasn't too much going on in Dublin back then, but uh, since I kind of moved out here and you know things have gone an awful lot more global and uh, Zoom business, myself and some friends put our heads together and uh, came up with Animal, and that was almost a year ago now. Um, it's been a remarkable roller coaster of a journey, but it's going super well. And in the next couple of weeks, we're about to launch our coin, and yeah, it's super exciting. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, a lot of cool things happening in Dubai right now. So you're in a good place. Um, so let's ask you first, uh, what is Animal Concerts all about? And um, why should our listeners here in, in Dublin, I'm in the US, but the, our, our audience is in, the, is in Ireland. Uh, why should you know they pay attention to Animal Concerts? Sure. So what we do is we stream concerts from A-list celebrities online and into metaverses. And then we partner with these uh, artists to do nft drops on their behalf so i think everyone's kind of heard it the whole nft and a metaverse that's one of the two of the top to hottest topics going at the moment and everyone is looking at how the nft and the metaverse is going to change the space and we see massive opportunity going forward like you've seen people like little nas x like uh, travis scott and more recently ariana grande have concerts in the metaverse and Ariana Grande had 78 million people attend her concert there a couple of months ago. She made $50 million just from buying the digital assets in-game. And we think this is still really early, still really new. And what we're doing is we're working with a, uh, a section of artists and management teams and, and uh, agents to work with their musicians to help them understand the journey of how we can bring them into the metaverse and expose them to a whole new set of uh, of potential listeners and, and really help with fan engagement. And ultimately what we do is we get these artists to become like our marketing arm because they promote us on their social media channels of you know tens or maybe even hundreds of millions. So we've already done concerts with a rapper called Future. And if you don't know him, he's a pretty big deal in the rap industry. He just had a number one hit with Drake. He's got another number one hit right now. He's got a bunch of albums coming out this year, which we hope to collaborate with him on. Uh, we did a promotional event with Busta Rhymes, who I'm sure everyone knows. He's a bit of an OG. 
but we also have a really strong partnership with uh, Alicia Keys. And uh, we did an amazing concert with her just last month in LA. We recorded it with an Emmy winning uh, documentary filmmaker. And we're gonna be doing some sort of uh, metaverse concert and hopefully an NFT drop at some stage in the future. And that's just what we've done so far and we haven't even launched yet. So we've got a pretty good big pipeline of uh, a future artist to work with. We've got some really good partnerships on the side of like Decentraland network uh, and also um, uh, on the NFT side, we've got OpenSea and that's where we're gonna be doing that, but we'll be building our own uh, specific NFT platform too. So yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly fascinating space. It's ever changing. I've, I've learned an amazing amount, but I think everyone has seen the, the big things to come in the future. Awesome. And so these artists don't even have to be live at the venue. They could be like in their bedroom, like Shane Codd was with the number one song last year. Yeah, I, I, the way we're trying to do it is trying to be, you know, all things uh, in terms of give the, the best options for whatever artists, because every concert would be different. Every platform is different. We can do a live event. We can record that live event, an intimate event with a couple of hundred or thousand people there and, 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 and get the audience engagement and things. Or we could stick this person in a green screen room and make them into a digital avatar for, you know, whether it's Roblox or anything like that. So there's a number of different ways we can do it. But I think it's, you know, we... Uh, we want to get to the stage where we're doing live concerts um, because that just brings that sort of live aspect to it, which makes it more special. But we can also do a pre-record, which most people are doing right now, just due to the you know tech restrictions. Um, and I, I think there's you know there's a lot of space for all of the different ways to do it. To be honest. Awesome. And you said live concerts, so I have, I have to know because I'm, I'm I haven't been to a concert in a long time. Um, but you know what is what is the current concert scene? like around the world in light of you know the COVID variants like omicron and how does your platform solution that and like what's the what's the layout look like right yeah. now so I, it's a good question i mean i thought that brings us back to essentially why we came up with this in the first place and when COVID came in in the first, in back to nearly two years ago, uh, I don't know whether you've heard of the Belgian mega rave. It's called Tomorrowland. Uh, they were unable to have their concert. It's a really, really massive, big event in 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 uh, in Belgium. They were unable to have their concert, so they moved it online. They got all the DJs to stream from their home, and they sold tickets online. But they sold over a million tickets, and they made more money doing it this way than they did with their actual event. And a couple of our founders went to a couple of these parties in where people had through parties in their house. They put up speakers and screens and tents and they had little mini raves in the back of their house. And we kind of thought, you know what, COVID or not, this sort of thing is here to stay and everything's moving online. And, you know, look what's, what's happening with the metaverse. When I started talking about metaverses like nine months ago, people kind of thought I was nuts. But Mark Zuckerberg, as much as we all love to hate him, has solidified that this is the future of the internet. And it's going to take some time, but everything's moving online, be it, you know, onto, onto streaming or, in, 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 you know, people playing games and hanging out with their friends more so in the game than in real life. It, it's kind of crazy. So there's a wonderful opportunity. And I think concerts is one of the obvious ones. A lot of us have not been able to go to a concert in a long time or, you know, people just, you know, don't really feel comfortable doing that, but they'd like to experience um, their favorite band from either the comfort of their own home or or maybe you know with a 3d headset and get like a completely different experience because if you put on one of these headsets and you feel like you're dancing on stage with your favorite artist 
that's a completely different experience. We're not trying to replace concerts. A, you know, a physical concert is always going to be amazing and something unique, but we can create something new and different. And, you know, we are creating, how would I say, a new revenue line for artists to 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 create new uh, to to earn more money in different ways because they haven't been earning money but honestly from the conversations we've been having it's more for them about the ability to interact with their fans in new and interesting ways and interact with new fans in new places that's what gets them excited about this and i think everyone in the music and entertainment and art world is being you know completely bombarded by everything nfts these days and yeah we see it as the bored apes and the crypto kitties and people paying hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for what is essentially a jpeg but there's so much more to go with with that and i think what we're going to do is bring um a sort of different set of uh, values to the NFT. Like you might get uh, some, uh, you might buy an NFT and get a, a backstage pass with a meet and greet to meet your favorite artist. Or that meet and greet could be virtually, you know, in the metaverse, but it could also get you some unreleased footage or a song that's been recorded that no one else hears. And it's those sort of things that create real value in the NFT world, in my opinion. Well, Aaron, Ariana Grande made money and so is Blau and so have other um, musicians. So um, I mean, that's awesome. Um, we said a keyword there. You said two keywords and I asked about the first one, which is on our pre-discover, on our pre-arranged uh, you know, question list, but it's, I'm going to ask it. Um, you said Zuckerberg, right? Mm. I was on a call a couple of weeks ago, BWG Strat, and I, and I didn't go on these institutional calls. I never talk. I just listen, right? I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I raised my hand because they had a question. How successful do you think Facebook is going to be with, with rebranding to Meta and reaching out to, you know, getting people involved in the metaverse? I gave it a three. Everybody else gave it like a six or seven. Um, I wanted to get your your opinion on how successful you think they're going to be and what challenges Roblox they would have that, you know, a decentralized platform might not. I mean, I, I'm sure you read the same sort of stuff as I do. And when they came out, all the guys on YouTube, all the guys on Reddit and the forums, they're all going the same thing. We do not want Mark Zuckerberg controlling the metaverse. The metaverse is supposed to be, you know, Web 3.0 is about decentralization and, you know, having everyone having the opportunity to, to contribute. We don't want control from someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who's, I mean, he's the least social guy you could ever imagine. I mean, you know, uh, he looks like a robot. He doesn't, you know, he's not friendly like the others. It's a little bit like Google failed in the social areas because, you know, the, the two founders came out and then went, we're not really that social people. And that's kind of why they got it wrong. If Facebook came out, and in my opinion, if they created a platform just like, you know, an, an eBay or, a, or an Airbnb where everybody else could build on top of that and they were just the underlying infrastructure and let everyone create anything they wanted, I think that would be good. But that's just not in their nature. So I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be the owner of the metaverse. I think there's so many people out there building metaverses right now. And I've been speaking to people recently who are trying to solve some of the major problems in regards to scalability and, you know, making sure it looks decent and not just like Roblox. I truly believe that, you know, the, 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 the future 
popular metaverse is not even known to us yet. And what we're trying to do is, I mean, we could create our own metaverse and, and we may for individual events, but I just want to be on multiple metaverses to be able to bring concerts to everybody, no matter what platform or preference they have. So we got partnerships with Decentraland and Network and maybe looking at other ones like Sandbox and things like that. And these guys are doing concerts on their own, but they also want to work with us because we can bring them a steady stream of talent uh, and sort of manage that process for them and I, I i just believe that the metaverse number one it's not going to be ubiquitous tomorrow it's going to take some time number two i think the hardware kind of needs to catch up and we've seen apple coming out now with their vr goggles and they they literally said this yesterday they don't want to be part of anything that mark zuckerberg has to do so there's not going to be one metaverse. There's going to be multiple metaverses. And, you know, what we're trying to do is have interoperability between them all. And I think that's what a lot of the partners I'm speaking to want as well. Awesome. So um, sticking with fan engagement, right, and sticking with Facebook, Facebook's audience is not the millennial, younger millennial and Gen Z audience. It's also probably not as much the boomer audience either. It's the Gen X audience. Um, and uh, we are less community inclined than uh, the younger generations are um, to join something, you know, so we're more independent. So how do you see, you know, the role of community um, being of importance um, with um, with the metaverse and with your concerts what, what, and, and with your fan engagement? What's, what's the role of the community? Well I think it's everything. I mean, you know, community is so important in the crypto world because when you have a strong community of you know fans and people are getting engaged and then they become what we call ambassadors that's what really creates significant value in a token and will tell you how uh, how successful it's going to be going forward. Now, there are obviously plenty of exceptions to this, but the stronger the community, you know the 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 stronger your coin. and the way I like to think about our project is that we're not some sort of, you know, obscure DeFi yield farming project that only a couple of people, you know, have interest in. Everyone is a potential customer of ours because everyone likes music and everyone likes concerts and, you know, online. So I think we've got a, a really great ability to build communities, but I want to be able to build communities, not just around us, but around the artists that we work with. So our token is three things. It's number one, a medium of exchange for buying the tickets and buying the NFTs, but it's also around governance. And that's really creating an ability for the fans and the artists to engage and interact in new and interesting ways. So if we've just booked Alicia Keys and, you know, um, we could uh, allow our fans to vote on, okay, where is she going to play uh, or what songs is she going to play in what order? What's she going to wear? You know, some people really, really care about getting this super duper fan engagement and then just you know being able to sort of be part of the show and that's really really important so whether it's you know the the, the community from from meta or facebook i mean i think they're gonna struggle a little bit just due to the backlash that they have with anything we've all seen the headlines people don't want to work for them anymore they don't want meta on their cv because it you know it looks bad how they're going to pull that off well they actually did a concert uh, a couple of months ago and they didn't sell very many tickets. It wasn't a great success. So I, I you know, I'm not too sure how much more they're really going to play in this game. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, envisions a world where we're all sitting at home, whereas we have our headset on and it's and it's like we're there. But it, it really depends. The, the VR game is different. My bet is that augmented reality 
in 10 years time will be the norm once the hardware catches up. Uh, we don't want to use these giant things on our faces. It'll have to be, you know, a normal pair of glasses beaming something into our eyeballs. But unless it makes sense for you to be in a virtual world, then there's no real necessity for it. And I think that, you know, is, is pretty well played out in how you look at what's being successful at the moment. There's some really cool games where it's really interactive and it's really fun and you got dance moves and you're, you know, it's gamified, but simply sitting there and watching a screen or a PowerPoint is just, you know, it's just not gonna work for them. Great. So three things your token does. One is tickets, two is governance, what's the third? Sorry, the third one is around rewards. So staking, things like that, you know, all important in the in the crypto world at the moment. But also we're going to take a portion of our revenues, put them in a pool and allow the community to vote on what happens to that. So it could be book more artists or build more tech, but it'll most likely be redistribute to the community or do a token burn and things like that. So that's basically how our token utility works. We've also got an awful lot more ideas in there. Um, the people have talked about having individual fan tokens, which some of our sort of competitors do, and there's, there's opportunities for that as well. Um, but you know, mainly I would say it's just around uh, interaction and governance because that's uh, that's what the artists are most interested in specifically. And uh, the hardware, you know, I talked to a man here who had an eight track player in his car, <laughs> a pretty fair adapter and uh, had the first bag phone, um, you know, so I'm looking at 15 years of where we got to the iPhone from and where we had, you know, nothing. Um, and, you know, how long do you think that realistically the hardware will take and, and um, what that space looks like? I think it's going to accelerate incredibly quickly. And I asked this exact question about three months ago at a conference here in Dubai. Uh, it was called Coin Agenda by a guy called Michael Turpin. He's really well known in the industry and he's actually kind of involved with us as well. Um, there was a panel of people on stage of which they're kind of my friends now and I know them pretty well. And they all said the same thing is that, you know, the reason the metaverse is confined to a couple of people playing some games and, you know, sandbox and Decentraland and what it will become in the future will be down to the hardware. So like I said, no one wants to wear, wear this giant wedge on their face, but when it becomes just like the glasses you're wearing now, and it will literally project augmented reality onto your eyeball and you'll be able to see things like you see in the movies. I think in 10 years time, my son will look back and go, oh my God, you you experienced the internet by looking at this thing, like a piece of glass in your hand and your head was scrunched over, you know, that will become absolutely crazy and everyone will be wearing these glasses and it will become augmented because I don't think people want to live in a fully virtual reality. We've all seen the assimilations to Ready Player One, the movie, which is great if you haven't seen it, go see it. But I don't think people want that. They still want the real world, but they want the convenience of the information and the entertainment combined with that that's basically my opinion on where it'll go got it. good so uh i want to now go back to the second word you said after you said zuckerberg and you said raves um i haven't been to raves in a long time either but uh i used to go to concerts like live aid farm aid live earth all that stuff and it was the, them pro providing a concert delivering it to you and then you also said governance, where people will be able to help determine how these things look. So, you know, what's the potential to look like to hold major events, including raves, from like certain locations and stream that event simultaneously around the world while every location is 
presenting it or delivering it or governing it differently? I, yeah, look, I think, so there's an ongoing conversation in my team about whether electronic music or traditional bands will get more traction. And I think it's traditional bands because it's a little bit more interactive. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you, as you can see behind me, I'm an ex-DJ. I have a set of decks behind me. They don't, they gather dust at the moment because I don't have time because I work 24 seven, but I'm very, very passionate about electronic music. Um, but I still think that a band or like, you know, the story I always tell is, uh, the last concert I went to was three years ago, three and a half years ago in Dublin before I came over here and it was Coldplay. And they sold out our biggest stadium, you know, three nights in a row. They sold over 200,000 tickets and I was lucky to get one. And, you know, that's in a little city of Dublin. I always thought if I can book Coldplay and I can put on this amazing show and it's in virtual reality, how many tickets when I sell? Because I think it'll be like a million plus. Um, and I think it's really, really a strong demand for something like that. Is there such strong demand for just sitting there watching a guy, you know, twiddle some knobs on his mixer? Not so much. But if you can then make that interactive so that you and your like I have very, very dear friends that live all around the world. And if we could experience a concert together and talk to each other and things like that, um, I think there's room for that. It's very, very niche at the moment, but I think these things are going to see significant growth over the last little while. All you have to do is look at what the preteens and teenagers are doing. And, you know, these days they're more excited about showing off the sneakers that they've bought on their avatar in their favorite game than they are about showing off the Nikes that their dad bought them in real life. A friend of mine said to me the other day that, you know, uh, back at this Travis Scott concert, he was under very, very strict instructions that he had to pick his kid up from soccer practice and he had to be back at this time because he was not at this concert engaging with his friends and hanging out and being there and being seen. He would be in very big trouble. And that was the, the engagement. And kids are, you know, putting so much value on being in the digital world and having digital experiences that that can only go, go one way, which is, you know, um, spread out to the, to the rest of us, like, like you know, uh, people of our generation as well. I interviewed a DJ who's in the electronic dance scene in the first week of October, uh, Sam Felt. Um, and I was really excited. I mean, then uh, interviewing him and I said the wrong word. I was supposed to ask him about Web 2, about FanGage, and I asked him about Web 3. He said, oh, Web 3. Uh, so uh, I'm like, okay. Um, but I really didn't get, like, he wanted to talk about Web 2. I wanted to talk about Web 3. I, I didn't, like, get the question. I'm going to ask you the question. Uh, how can musicians transition effectively from Web 2 to Web 3 and retain their fan base and their, uh, you know, the fan information and, you know, be more successful and uh, proactive with, with their, with their audiences. Well, I, I think it's kind of about the, the, the points I've kind of already touched on, you know, is it about, uh, you know, retaining or um, I'm not so sure it's, it's more about trying to reach new audiences. So even though everybody knows who Ariana Grande is, she had a massive uptick in her Spotify uh, uh, plays and things like that. 
they don't really get the these these DJs and, and 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 other artists. They don't really get so many opportunities to expose their music in completely new places. But if they do a concert in Roblox, like Lil Nas X did, and uh, you know had twenty million people, that is very very significant. And uh, you know I think it's it's about trying to not just go on stage, sing a concert, and then leave. About Web3 is about engagement with the community, like we, we talked about earlier. And this is something that I've been talking about for a while. When it comes to NFTs, we all see these crazy valuations and people are doing NFT drops and making millions. And, you know, you've got um, a lot of the big guys doing it now. But what makes and breaks an NFT drop or, or any of the sort of Web3 activities is how you engage with that community. And this is what we're doing with some of our artists that we're working with right now. Because if they just want to create a couple of JPEGs, put a crazy price on them, drop them on OpenSea, and then run off with the money immediately, that is not the way to do it. And you're not going to be successful. I mean, even Beeple, who sold that 70-something million dollar painting, he cashed that straight out into USDT and he ran off with it. And the community just really didn't like that. But what the community does respond to pretty well is engaging with them, purchasing NFTs, engaging with the community, doing meet and greets, doing AMAs, uh, you know, showing that they really care and they want to spend time with these people who who, who really love them and, and appreciate them so much. And if if an artist does that properly, and this is what we help some of our artists do, is give them guidance on exactly how they should be engaging with the community, purchasing some NFTs, um, doing some virtual meet and greets, uh, doing interviews or AMAs, and just showing that they're not just in it for the money and the exposure, but they want to be part of the scene like the people who are already in it. That to me is where um, it makes sense, and 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 you will get rewarded, and that they're the kind of things that we're trying to help our artists with. Awesome. So it's not that you engage; it's how you engage. Yeah, absolutely, because um, you've got to do it in the way that the community wants and expects. I mean, you know, the the Web three community, and especially the NFT community, is a very very small place, realistically. It's still really, really tight. I don't know a lot of money is being spent, but that's going to escalate and grow very, very significantly. And it, we've we've seen it. I mean, look at OpenSea's recent valuation, and they've done like a billion dollars in the first couple of weeks of this year already. It's insane. That's only going to keep growing. Um, but when more mainstream acts are getting into this, they need to do it in the right way. Because if it's seen as a cash grab, it's just going to fail. Got it. Makes sense to me. So um, I have one, well, I have two last questions. First of all, and I want to touch on this briefly, is uh, is collectibles, right? Um, so how are collectibles making a difference with, with blended fan base culture and society? The way I always like to explain this to people that don't really get it, and I'll just go backwards a bit here, is that people have been collecting things since the dawn of time, you know, coins, records, sports memorabilia, anything like that. And now people are just collecting things in the digital age. And that's basically it. So uh, most people out there will just absolutely not understand why anyone is paying hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for a JPEG of a monkey, you know what I mean, or a bored ape. But when you get into what that actually represents, 
is very, very interesting because, you know, you might have a Ferrari or a Rolex or something like that. Okay. Um, and, or maybe you have a Picasso, you really like art and it hangs on your wall at home. But how many people actually see that? Very, very few. When you have a digital collectible, you can make it your profile picture on Twitter or on anything else. And it's it's a major flex. It's a serious flex. So I think these sort of things are becoming, like I said earlier, the younger generation today have a very, very acute value for digital assets that people in their 40 plus don't necessarily identify with so easily, but it is spreading between other people. And I suppose what we're trying to do is take that up a notch by not making it just a collectible, but making it something that is super rare and then gives you access to something like, you know, uh, we're going to give away tickets to, you know, any concert worldwide that one of our artists does with a, a VIP meet and greet in the back. Or, you know, um, it would get you, as I said, a virtual meet and greet so you can have a physical interaction with this person and then it's, you know, it's on the blockchain as an NFT and that you can keep that forever. I mean, behind me in the drawer behind me, I have a box of ticket stubs of all the gigs I went to many, many years ago. And it's nice to look back on that, but I only have a few of them and I went to hundreds. So, you know, having that in your animal wallet as, as a, I can show you that I went to all these gigs, but also it's open, it's on the blockchain, it's transparent. You can then look at my wallet, see where I've been, see what NFTs I have, see what uh, experience I've been to, and maybe we shared some of those and maybe some of them are super rare and that's essentially you know what makes the difference as to why you know the the, the culture and society is changing now into from physical goods into digital uh, digital assets and you know the blockchain is just the best way of making sure that something that is easily replicable or copyable has proof and ownership you know um, on the blockchain and uh, I have to go back in my questioning too because I didn't ask you this some simple question uh what makes an animal concert hmm. why animal um the I, you know myself and my uh co-founders we're animal lovers um and i think it was uh we 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 got some artwork made up of if you go to our website animalconcerts.com there's you know a uh, there's a, a wolf playing a guitar and elephant playing the drums and we just really love these images and we got a bunch of them made by this really cool artist and it's it was really funky and really you know uh, cyberpunk and, and and sort of in with the nft type uh, 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 style and uh yeah we 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 like that but we will be doing our own animal uh nft drop at some stage in the future as well um but yeah i mean we'd 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 sort of maybe like to get some sort of charity aspect to help out animal charities in the future nothing nothing in the in the plan right now but certainly in the future we'd like to do that but i i just really like the 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 animals and uh we got them on t-shirts and all that sort of stuff so hopefully that'll grow Uh, well um, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's been an uh, amazing conversation. I love talking to you. Um, I do have one last question, and it's this. Um, how can people find out more information about you, about Animal Concerts? How can they possibly get involved in your uh, in your token uh, purchases or drops? Um, how, how can they do all that? Uh, sure, absolutely, and thank you for that. So just Google Animal Concerts or go to animalconcerts.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, Discord. All of our sort of links are, are there on our website. 
Um, our token drop will be happening in the next couple of weeks, sort of three to four weeks. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope it's going to go well. I really do think we've, we've put in a massive amount of hard work over this over nearly the last year. Um, and we've got big things to come. I mean, as you said, you've seen some of the names that we've booked so far already, and we got a lot of names in negotiation. These things take a lot of time, but I hope that once we do that, and once we start getting traction, then you know there'll be really big things uh, in the future for our company. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Mr. Mill, great to be here. Cheers.